Aalto University Podcast. PhDs are willing to take risks. They have increasing resilience to failures, which are, well, a normal part of doing a PhD. They are committed to project-oriented work and they have a proactive attitude to lifelong learning and willing to solve even grant problems in the environment. My name is Rika Evans, and this is Future-Led Learning. Future-Led Learning by Alta University. Maya Taka is a postdoc researcher and project manager at Alta University School of Engineering. For almost five years, Maya has been developing practices for doctoral education and supervision in the Water and Development Research Group. My colleague Sara Renkanen, the pedagogical specialist at Alta University School of Engineering, met with Maya and discussed about doctoral students' learning, support and well-being. Future-led learning. Welcome aboard. What is the role of uh, supervision and support in doctoral studies and doctoral students' learning and well-being as well? Um, today we're discussing with Maya Taka, uh, a postdoc researcher and a project manager in Water and Development Research Group at Alta School of Engineering. Maya is also innovating new culture for doctoral students' instruction. Um, I'm Sara Rönkkönen, pedagogical specialist at Aalto School of Engineering and your host today, together with our producer Saku Heiskanen. So Maya, warmly welcome and all the listeners, warmly welcome. Um, so Maya, you have a background in physical geography and both your master and doctoral thesis have concentrated on the spatial uh, drivers of stream water discharge and quality. Uh, What made you get interested in doctoral student supervision and well-being? I need to go a bit back to history. So, yes, I did study physical geography. And at some point, my goal was to become a teacher in geography to high school. So I did pedagogical studies and I was aiming towards becoming a teacher until I realized that that's actually not my passion. So I ended up falling in love with urban runoff problems and uh such uh, water quality problems. So I defended my PhD in physical geography and water quality issues, and it was a time for new, fresh opportunities. And a postdoc is supposed to bring something new and create a new path research-wise to yourself. And it was a great opportunity to get back to those uh, pedagogical things and actually combine them with water research. And for me, research groups are a valuable setting for creating collaboration, getting support, growing together. But it needs special attention on the culture, the community and the practices the group is based on. Um, and I've heard this uh, thing called mayak. What, what is that? It's, it's, uh, it's a Finnish word meaning lighthouse. Yes. But what does it mean in your context? It's a project where we are working in. And actually, the project's name is created by our PhD students in the project. And they were thinking about something that is needed when you're in the rough seas of doing a PhD. You need some sort of a support, guidance, a reliable thing that helps you 
to the harbor of getting a PhD. So they ended up calling the project Mayaka, and I really love the story behind the name. Yeah, that's beautiful. The, the project is about creating and developing practices for doctoral education and the collaboration, so it's, it's team effort. And by concentrating on these, we can also advance water research itself. Um, the core of the project is six PhD students, and they work on their thesis related to water resources and sustainability on water. And we work with the students and we aim to innovate and pilot different kind of practices and developing structures for the supervision and for the collaboration. And these practices are then improved, piloted again and um, distributed to other groups to learn more about the unique settings and of course also common nominators in doing a PhD in research. Majakka is now working in, in your your school, in your program. Have have you or could those be also taken elsewhere in Aalto or at Aalto University to other programs, the learn, learnings from your experience? It's our fifth year in the project, so I feel that we've learned a lot and it's about time to co-create the practices with other research groups as well. So we know that they fit well to water engineering, but how about if we go to other schools in Aalto or other research communities and traditions and practices? Future-led learning. In the project, we have organized loads of workshops and we have really open communication culture. So there's a lot of knowledge created Of course, the dead ends as well, as you mentioned. Um, but based on our experiences and based on the experiences of our PhD students and advisors, we have identified the points of likely failures that are the classic points of insecurities or failures. Uh, the common threats to well-being, which you mm. probably know well as well, and the critical resources that supports doing a PhD, that supports mutual well-being and, of course, the success in work. And along the way, we actually understand that it's it's not just the practices, but it's actually the culture as well. So it's a combination of these both. Uh, so as, as you mentioned, we work in the Water and Development Research Group. And one of my colleagues characterizes a group as a group of hybrid hierarchy. So it means that we have a low hierarchy and equal respect for all the members in the group. But we also have a support from the leaders on decision making when it is needed so we can trust on the hierarchy as well. Uh, we also value diversity. We come from very different backgrounds. As you mentioned, I come from the physical geography and now I'm working in the group of engineers. We are very open on communicating anything, whether it's success or insecurities, failures, challenges. We are really transparent on that. Um, and one of the key findings is that high quality supervision and support is actually team effort. Our professor Olivares calls us like a football team. So everyone has their own role and individuals can't success without the team around them. So it's a advisors as a team and structures for smooth and inclusive process. We do have advisors inside Aalto and we also have external, even international advisors to enhance the diversity in the group and bring their knowledge to the group, even bring their skills to the PhD process. 
And this creates a setting where we can learn together, we can brainstorm ideas together. Um, the support is bold and ongoing. And we can even create some radical research because there is a lot of ideas and, and a setting for great ideas. And maybe the third thing is practices for peer support. This is maybe a bit more concrete outcomes of the project. So we've identified that there is actually really fruitful opportunities for creating peer support along the way. So we have a community called Rookies Club, and it's a community for students who have just started doing their PhD. They have loads of motivation. They can even be called that they are on the honeymoon of their PhD. But they have very little knowledge about the process itself, so they have really maybe even naive idea of the process. So we bring these students together and we make use of the knowledge and experience for from more merited colleagues to support them and just to bring experience to them. Future-led learning. The other end is synthesis group for the students who are writing the summary of their thesis. And it's a classical point for huge identity crisis like thinking that, okay, this is it, or there is no value in my work, or there is no novelty, or I've worked with the same topic for so long, like I'm so fed up with the topic. So we bring synthesis group so that they can work on the summary together. Synthesis is a lot about piling up the knowledge and summarizing it and just summarizing the work for years all of a sudden. So it's great to have the synthesis group to growing together and it's also about documenting we even have like an online document where we pile up all the knowledge which you can't find from Aldo Indo sites or anywhere else so we try to make a perfect book for finishing a PhD. Have you received feedback from your students from your PhD students what have After graduation do you have a system on or is it based on one-on-one -on -one communication? Well from the Mayakas Mayaka project, the students haven't yet defended or graduated, mm. but we are actively in contact and in collaboration with alumni from the group, and they really value the community and the support they've received during their PhD. And one interesting finding is that they don't understand their competence or how skillful they are until they leave the academia and they go to work somewhere else. Then when they are surrounded by someone else than highly competent academic colleagues, they actually understand the value. And actually this identifying your own competence is something that we should more focus on in Mayakka so that the PhDs actually understand the value. They are able to express or communicate their competencies to others as well. And now that you mentioned the competencies that made me think of of the kind of transferable skills that you you seem to be providing through the supervision to your doctoral students. What, how do you see the role of the transferable skills in doctoral education? Mm. Or the role and the role of guidance as well. Yeah. Well, about transferable skills at least in engineering, they can easily easily be forgotten because there is something that you learn along the way. There is something that you may not actively teach or support in, but they are also something that are really important in advancing your career and like selling yourself to the next job. 
And I try to think about those skills and try to even work them or identify them. And I came up with you. So feel free to comment on these or add on these. So I feel that PhDs are capable to learn and adapt quickly. They can be critical and analytical. They are capable to make use of academic knowledge in their work, whether it's in or outside the academia. PhDs have a good collaboration skills, and usually they also have wide professional networks that they can use in their work. And especially in Mayak, I've learned that PhDs are willing to take risks. They have increasing resilience to failures, which are, well, a normal part of doing a PhD. They are committed to project-oriented work, and they have a proactive attitude to lifelong learning and willing to solve even grant problems in the environment. Do you have anything to add? That, that's a great list. And what just, just made me think that, yes, these are favorable skills that hopefully a graduate will have, but you also have to teach those skills. Mm -hmm. Of course, some of them you learn by doing, but a lot of them is something that you need to actually focus on and learn as a skill. Future-led learning. I also recommend uh, coaching in Aalto because that's a great kind of a support for even identifying your own competence or those transferable skills. It's really difficult to do reflection on those kind of skills. So make use of your colleagues, make use of coaching, whatever resources to be able to better identify your own excellence. A great tip. Identify and verbalize. How about the guidance? Well, I can't express how important guidance is in doing a PhD. No one should be left alone. Uh, guidance and support, they they create the setting for working, for learning and for growth. And it's not just about the students' growth, but growing as a team. And it's very critical, especially in the beginning, as I mentioned, that we identified few of these threats. So especially in the beginning, we need to ensure that the students have the feeling of belongingness. They have efficient resources in terms whether it's about help or knowledge, ongoing guidance and support for doing the PhD and finding the increasing independence in doing the work. So PhD students shouldn't be independent from day one. Mm. That is true. That is true. It's independent work, but not to not meant to be done alone. <laughs> Definitely, it's a it's a growth process. Yes. Uh, so now, after after listening to you, I, I would be very eager to hear like what would be the kind of easy beginnings or low hanging fruits that um, that we could. I mean, the listeners out there who are supporting the and guiding their own doctoral students, uh, what could they do? Hmm. Well, development is a never-ending process, but initiating it actually needs just the baby steps. So it's not rocket science. If you're a supervisor or a team leader, you can well enhance communication inside the group that brings people easier together. Like now we're all using Teams, so create channels or, or community for your own group Create structures for peer support, so bring like-minded people together. Or if you have a PhD student who might need help in certain 
method or finding data or preparing their first paper, whatever, looking for a conference, make use of the more advanced people in your group to help and create that kind of structures. For individuals, it's really rewarding to be able to help your colleague or know that you have supporting colleagues quite close to you, even though we are working remotely. So really baby steps and in time you will see quite big difference. Future-led learning. So this Majakka uh, has been a project. What happens next? The idea of the project is to initiate the change and develop the practices. But as mentioned, it's a never-ending process. There is a lot of new beginnings in Alta, so we are... Uh, attending or participating in creating staff training for doctoral thesis advising. We're trying to create new processes and best practices for the supervisors themselves. And we are also participating in piloting new kind of courses. And I actually need to tell a story about a course I attended a few years back. It was organized by Alta Ventures program, which focuses on entrepreneurship education throughout Alta. And I had no knowledge on the field, but I decided to take the course. It was a four-day course, and probably on the third day I realized that, or they told me that I've been following entrepreneurial ways of working throughout the course. And I was I was a bit against it because I was saying that, no, these are like research practices and like research process skills and all of a sudden I realized that doing a PhD or doing a research project is quite similar to entrepreneurial skills and that opened a whole new world to me and this fall we've been piloting an entrepreneurial tool or a skills course with all the ventures program called impact from research so I highly recommend that course for all PhD students and young researchers That sounds interesting. Can, can you um, can you more uh, more in a, in a more tangible way uh, give me some examples on what does it mean in practice? Well, if you think about high quality PhD thesis in the society, is someone with the problem and research aims to help with that problem, create solutions. Uh, in entrepreneurial ways, you need to first find your client or end user and communicate with them to identify what is their problem. Don't make your own assumptions, be active and communicate. Work on the problem together, create knowledge and data together, pilot, uh, do reruns, do risk taking, but make sure that it's not too big risk and polish the product until the end user is happy as well. So a lot of similarities and In entrepreneurship, the process is really well defined, whereas in PhD, it could be quite uh, vague or unclear and confusing even, or a lot of like uncertainties and unknown things. So learning from the entrepreneurial way of working and bringing that to PhD, I think that's, that's one excellent low-hanging fruit for us. Future-led learning. What's your guidance philosophy or what's the philosophy at Majakka? Close your eyes and think about a basket or a bucket with a lid. That's our vision for a PhD. So it goes beyond the thesis itself. So in the basket, the lid represents the thesis, the printed 
book. And traditionally, we focus only on creating that, the printed thesis. In reality, it represents only a thin slice of all the learning of the past years during the thesis process. And we want to, in supervision, we want to see the basket of all the invisible learning. And we state that up to 80% of all the learning you can't read from the thesis itself. So you need to open the lid and see inside the baskets. There is identity building, there is the increasing resilience, risk-taking, project management, impact-making, ah, dead ends, uh, new beginnings. There's a lot of valuable learning and we should be valuing and even celebrating that as well. So not to focus only on writing a thesis itself. And in Mayaka we see that PhD should be a project of learning and developing together, not just uh, doing research in a project. And it should have a strong focus on career building and individuals. And these all together will then contribute to high quality research outputs as well. That's very encouraging. <laughs> Future-led learning. Uh, I've also heard or I've listened to a couple of episodes of of another podcast where you're uh, you've been hosting with our um, psychologist for doctoral students, Maria Tönrus. Uh, would you like to tell us a bit more about that? Yes, uh, the podcast focuses on PhD and the process itself, the roles, expectations. With Maria, we try to bring knowledge from the field and we also try to summarize literature, focus on well-being, meaningful work, trying to help the listeners, whether they are advisors, supervisors, PhD students, or even individuals thinking of whether they should do a PhD, just to uh, create support and introduce good practices for managing your work, recovery, enjoying a PhD how to supervise a PhD, how to make sure that the work is healthy. So I recommend listening to the episodes. And what, what, what was again the name of the podcast? The Best Thing Today. Yes. Highly recommended. Thank you, Maya. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Futurelet Learning Podcast. This time your host was Sarah Rönkkönen, And the episode was produced by me, Sakari Heispanen. It included music by Siddhartha Courses and the Future Learning theme by Sagerson. All the University Podcasts.